0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Oh God, we pray that you would speak to us tonight, that you would make yourself known, and that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. When my girls were real wee, they used to love to play hide and go seek and they were absolute rubbish at it Uh, because inevitably what would happen is they would say, I'm gonna hide and dad, you find me. And one of their favorite hiding places was to stand in the middle of the room with a blanket over their head. And I would play along, and I would say, are you in the closet? And you'd hear a little giggle uh, underneath the blanket. Are you under the couch? And the giggles would get louder from under the blanket. And before I could ever get around to actually finding them, they would throw off the blanket and say, here I am. Well, it may have been a fail, <laughs> hide-and-go-seek, but you know, God's a little bit like that. Many of us think that God is hiding, but God says to us, here I am. God wants to be known. God wants to know you. He wants to be found by you. Tonight, the author of the letter to the Hebrews tells us that God has spoken to us in the past and speaks to us now. He not only speaks to us as a people, he speaks to you individually in the pew tonight. But you might ask, how has God spoken to me? When has God ever said anything to me? Why would God want to speak with me? And still others have said, you know, I've not heard from him in a while and I've not received a message from him, but I long to hear from him. But I feel like that that longing has been met with silence. But tonight we're reminded That God has spoken. And how has God spoken? We're told that he has spoken to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. All of the Old Testament is pointing toward the Lord Jesus Christ. When Hebrews here talks about the prophets, they're not, he's not just talking about the prophets proper like Isaiah or Jeremiah or Amos, but the entire witness of the Old Testament, which points to Jesus. Now yes, in some way the Old Testament was speaking in signs and, and types and in shadows, but they were all pointing to Jesus. In Genesis three, when Adam and Eve had fallen, the Lord God says that there's gonna come a day when the offspring of Adam and Eve will bruise the head of the serpent, Jesus. The prophet Isaiah says in chapter nine, for unto us is born a child. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince peace and the people of the Old Testament longed for God to send them someone who would rescue them and God answered that longing by coming amongst us in the Lord Jesus Christ and to be born in a manger to Mary and so we can look at the Old Testament and we hear God speaking to us by his word But now Hebrews tells us that God speaks to us by his son. It doesn't negate the testimony of the Old Testament. In fact, it fulfills it and amplifies it. All of a sudden, the shadows and the types and the signs are removed, and we can see Jesus clearly preached in the Old Testament. But God now speaks by his son, Jesus. And how does he come? As a baby. Now, if I were God, and I was to come to earth, I'd be bringing the whole army of angels, fiery chariots, thunder, lightnings, flaming swords, the whole nine yards. But God condescends to come as a baby. Why would he do that? It's because there's no more knowable life stage in our development as humans as that of a baby now I know that there are some of you that are intimidated by babies but really there's no reason to be intimidated by a baby they babble and they coo and they're wholly reliant upon their parents uh, for sustenance and a baby is knowable a baby is vulnerable and so when that first Christmas occurs 2,000 years ago and God comes as a baby it's in order that we might know him Isn't that remarkable? The fact that Jesus was born, came into the world as a baby, it means he grew up, which means Jesus knows what it feels like to be in junior high school. Jesus knows what it feels like to be rejected. Jesus knows what it feels like to know loss. He was tempted, was tempted in every way as we are, and yet did not sin. Because God came as a baby He knows every experience that you've ever been through and will go through in your life. God came as a baby in order to be known. Someone has said that in the Son, God has spoken all at once and once and for all. There's nothing to be said after Jesus. God speaks definitively in him. The author of Hebrews tells us that this Jesus that was born in the manger is the very one who has been appointed the heir of all things. He was the one that created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, He's the exact imprint of God's nature. He upholds the universe by the word of His power. That's the Jesus that we're presented with. God in the flesh. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, as Charles Wesley reminds us, and we'll sing later on. If you want to hear God speak, you must know Jesus. If you want to know God, you must know Jesus. What is God like? What does he sound like? Look and listen to Jesus. God continues to speak today. He speaks by his word, which is the testimony of God concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you ever want to hear the voice of God, read the Bible out loud, and you will hear him. But the question that lurks behind all of this, okay, God has spoken. He's spoken by his word. He's spoken in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the question that lurks behind all of this is not just how God has spoken, but how do we listen? When God speaks, how is it that we're able to apprehend and comprehend what he's saying to us? Well, tonight we're given a faithful witness of someone who hears God's word and responds in faith. And that person is Mary. God speaks clearly to her, but hear how she responds to God speaking. It all started back in Luke chapter one where the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Sometimes when God speaks, we're troubled by what he's saying, and that's not an unfaithful response. Because sure enough, when God does speak to us, there are times when we say, if I listen to what you're saying, that's gonna cause real trouble for me. Real difficulty in my life. And I'm not sure I like what you're saying. And you have to believe that Mary wasn't exactly uh, comfortable by what she was being told because we haven't even gotten to the good part yet. The angel has just said hello. And the angel Gabriel goes on to say, don't be afraid, Mary, because you're gonna conceive a child and you won't be married at the time and he gonna be the savior of the world. Praise the Lord. What? That's her question. How can this be? I'm not even married. How am I gonna explain this to Joseph who I'm engaged to? She was troubled And yet she said, Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. When you hear God speak, you may be troubled, but do you respond, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Now, just after Mary probably thought, well, things are looking up. Things are looking pretty good now. I'm trusting in the Lord. She gets married to Joseph, and Joseph says, hey, by the way, the Romans are having a census, so I'm going to have to take you to my ancestral city of Bethlehem, and there may, have, may or may not have been a donkey, uh, but here in your third trimester of pregnancy, you're going to have to go on a road trip with me. And you can just imagine the conversation as they roll up into Bethlehem late at night and Mary looks at Joseph and says, you made a reservation, right? No. They're left to asleep with the animals. For all intents and purposes, a barn. And it's there in the straw, in the muck, in the filth, She gives birth to the savior of the world and his first crib is a feeding trough. And you know what women love who just gave birth? You know what they love? Being visited by strangers. And that's what happens. And not just any strangers, this ragtag group of shepherds who were the lowest of the low in Jesus' day. The angels appear to them and say, For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And the shepherds say, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's find this baby. Let's see what the angels are talking about. And so they go and they tell Mary and Joseph everything that the angels had told them. And everyone who heard it wondered at the shepherds except Mary. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She treasured up the fact that unto her was born that day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The baby that she had just birthed would also be her Savior. And all she could do with this message is treasure it up because she had no way of knowing how God's plan of salvation in Jesus would play itself out in the life of Jesus. She couldn't have imagined the three-year teaching and preaching ministry of Jesus marked by miracles, even raising people from the dead. She was even troubled by that at one point and she certainly would never imagined the horrific event of being a mother kneeling at the foot of the cross, watching her own son die. That the very voice that called out for her from the manger was the same voice that cries out from the cross, it is finished. And she could not have anticipated that God would raise up Jesus on the third day. And yet she treasured it up in her heart She said, Lord, you know what you're doing. You're a God who keeps his promises. And I know that you've you've not brought me this far to leave me. And so I'm gonna take your word and I'm gonna hold tight to it. I'm gonna cling to it. And with hopeful expectation, I'm going to watch it unfold before my eyes. Now, I I don't think I have to say that this is a weird Christmas that we're celebrating this year. And in some ways, we probably feel a little bit like Mary. Instead of being forced to go to Bethlehem, we're forced to stay indoors. We're forced to stay away from the funerals of loved ones. We're forced uh, to stay away from those that we would gather with Christmas. And it's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and we feel stuck. And so, what does God say to us tonight? Because the idea of Christmas is that God has come amongst us in order to save us. That's the idea of Christmas. But here, as we are on our our earthly pilgrimage, we know that our salvation is not quite complete yet because we're still surrounded by sin and brokenness. We still struggle, we still long to be delivered whether from COVID, from our sin, from it all. And so what word does God have for us tonight that we might treasure up in our hearts and ponder Well, in Revelation 21, John is given a glimpse of heaven. And I want you to listen to this passage, and I want you to listen for the Christmas language that is used. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Behold, I am making all things new. Do you hear that? Do you understand that? God with us, dwelling with us, not just for 33 years on earth after the first Christmas, but in the new Jerusalem, in the new heaven, in the new earth, God's promise to be with us forever means that in the new life, It's Christmas every single day. Christmas for eternity. We don't know its reality yet, and yet we long for it, and we treasure it up in our hearts and ponder it. God has come into the world to make a way for us to enter into a relationship with him and to know the Lord Jesus. For after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is enough. He has come into a helpless and broken world in order to redeem you and me. God is speaking to us. Are we listening? How are we listening? What is God saying to you in this bleak midwinter? Our God, heaven cannot hold him nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. In the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Amen.